everyone, Edna Kimball, Edna Sells, Century 21 Wright Real Estate, and welcome to today's episode. Looks a little different today, I know. Um, so basically what I wanted to shout out to all realtors today and to have a little chat with you. Um, you know, the market is shifting and we've had a lot of people contact us with questions. And I wanted to just share um, an event that happened about five months ago in August in Dallas. And I was honored to be on stage with Tom Ferry and two of um, Big O Texas uh, top agents. I wanted to just kind of take you through um, and break down some of the things that we talked about because I do know that uh, a lot of it has generated questions over the last five months. So we're just gonna jump in. First off, I wanna say, um, I find this to be extremely annoying to watch myself <laughs> and, and the idea that I'm doing a double video right now. You guys are probably super annoyed, but oh well, this is part of the training, right? So first I want to say that um, Tom Ferry, who's this guy right here on screen, this is Tom Ferry and he is basically um, the nation's number one real estate coach. So to be number one, you got to work with number one. Um, the, the main question I get with that is how much does it cost? Listen guys, it's if you're a realtor and you're worried about how much does it cost, you should already know the answer to that because your clients are asking you constantly, how much do you cost? And at the end of the day, it's not about the cost, it's about the value and is the money worth it? And what I have to say to some of you is you can't afford not to hire a real estate coach. So check out Tom Ferry if you are thinking about doing a real estate coach because I have had no regrets. And when I first started coaching with him, you know, I was not doing the volume that I'm doing now and the money did scare me. So I completely understand that. But I will tell you the same thing if it was someone asking to list with you what your commission is, it runs the same thing. You get what you pay for. And believe me, I've worked through about four other nationally recognized names as coaches, and never once did I get the same value that I've gotten with Tom Ferry. Um, in fact, I'm gonna add one little thing. When I actually originally clicked on one of his ads, within 10 minutes, I got a phone call. The gentleman on the phone um, was doing kind of a hard sell, very professional, but, but very direct and to the point, because that's my personality. And he actually convinced me to get on a plane and fly to San Diego the following week for a, a seminar that Tom was doing. And I have to tell you guys, I, I gave this guy a really, really hard time. In fact, I made him send to me in writing that I would get a full refund if a couple of things happened. So um, he agreed to it. He sent it to me in writing. I sent him a fee, booked a plane, went out. I was in the seminar for probably about an hour and um, immediately Tom starts talking about the fact that he's been married three times. Strike one. 
Well, as I listen, though, he did go on to explain that he's been married to the same woman three times. He just keeps remarrying her. No, they haven't gotten a divorce. He just loves her that much, and his commitment is that strong. And I absolutely love that because, gosh, we all know how easy it is sometimes to start over as opposed to making what you've got work. And I absolutely bought into that, and I, I love him for that. The second thing is he was talking about a book that we should all read. Now, I've mentioned that I've worked with several other coaches, paid great money to fly out or drive to um, or bought a ticket to a, attend a seminar. And I left those seminars extremely frustrated because once I got there, all the seminar was was a great big commercial for something else they were trying to sell you. So when Tom starts pitching the book, I thought, oh, here we go. He's going to sell us this book that he wants us all to buy. And so I found it quite comical that just before the break, he said, and as you go out the door, the book is going to be right there on the side. And I was like, see, he's trying to sell us the book. But then he followed up with, and everybody gets a free book. So he did a little Oprah moment where you get a book and you get a book. And so I was super impressed. So if you've previously worked with a coach, who when you went to a seminar, instead of getting actual value and details, you just felt like you were in an all-day commercial, then you really do want to check out the Tom Ferry organization. So let's jump into this. I'm going to try not to drag it out, um, but I will point out a few things. Here we go. Okay. But sometimes when you don't have the next one in the future, you start doing stuff you shouldn't do, offering things you shouldn't, you know, reducing fees or what, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. What advice do you have for the person that wants to transition and, and do what these ladies and you've done for so long? If someone said, Edna, I listed 13 houses last year. You are my hero. What are the steps for me to go 13 to 30 to 60? Remind me how to do that. So probably my top five would be... Okay, I can write this down, guys. It's 176 to 60 here. She says top five. Linda Baker, get your pen out. <laughs> okay, top five. One is your past clients. Every client should lead to another client. If you close the deal, who else are they sending to you? And it may be kind of like... Okay, so I'm going to stop that there. So here's the thing, guys. When I moved to Tahlequah um, a little over 20 years ago, I knew one person in Tahlequah one person and I decided that if I was going to do this and do it well the number one thing is that I had to take care of the client and the client it had to be about the client instead of about me and I love the fact that when I take care of a client they are going to refer me to their neighbors to their friends to their co-workers and they're going to come back and use me in the future for future um, sales or purchases. If you're not seeing that on a regular basis, then I really urge you to go back and figure out why not. Now, here's the thing. If your previous client lists with someone else, do not call them in the middle of the listing. That's a no-no, or it is in Oklahoma anyway. But when, once that deal or transaction has wrapped up, then reach out to them. And what I would say, because I've done this before, I would basically just say, hey, this is Edna Kimball. I saw you recently did a transaction. I'm super excited for you. Glad that that got, got taken care of. 
but I did want to reach out and ask for a huge, huge favor. I am trying to get better at what I do, and I would love to get some feedback on why you didn't call me to help you with this transaction. Now, let me tell you, you have to have a really thick skin and be prepared for whatever they say. And no matter what it is, don't argue with them because it is their perception. But guys, if you're not willing to take a step back and really look at it from all angles, you could be missing out. <clears throat> I did have previous clients tell me that I was too direct and um, they felt that I was trying to push things through. So that was something that was really important to me to learn early so that I would not put another client in that situation. And then on the flip side, I've had clients tell me, oh no, you're still our go-to. The issue is, is that the client, the buyer's side would only buy through their cousin if we listed with their cousin. So it was kind of one of those weird situations. Um, and then the third one that happened was they basically just said, and this was interesting for me, they said, well, we didn't think that you would want to deal with such a small priced property. Ah, here's the thing, guys. Um, I work with anyone regardless of the price and size. I do not send um, the lower priced properties, whether it's vacant land or homes, to the buyer's agents on the sales team, I work those also. When it's a listing, it stays with me. Now, sometimes I will co-list with someone, but it has nothing to do with the price point. It has more to do with, can I give it all of the love and attention that it needs at that moment? So make sure that you are staying open-minded and asking these questions. And better yet, what I should have been doing early on is just asking the client upfront at the end of the transaction and just simply saying, hey, I really appreciate you choosing me for this transaction. You know, we're in the home stretch, we're about to wrap up. Um, do you have any feedback for me that would have made this process smoother, easier, or uh, less stressful for you. And I do that now and I get really great feedback on what I can do to help the next client and that's how you elevate and just get better and better. Okay, so that was number one. Now we're gonna we're gonna click through here and try to get to number two. And I'm not I'm not the best at it. I got mom jokes, I don't dance, I don't have any of the okay, so tip two was basically just being the digital mirror or being seen everywhere. Regardless of the size of town that you're in, um, I get a lot of people who say, oh, but you're in a small town, of course you can do that. But here's the thing, if you live in a huge, huge city, let's say that there's two million people in your city, you don't actually live in the entire city. There's typically a neighborhood, um, like a little village area, a community, where do you eat, where do you shop, where do you go to the gym, what's your favorite um, donut shop, breakfast place, what's the park that you take the dogs to, who's your veteran, who's your dentist. Typically all of that is within an area. That is then the area that you love on and you shoot the videos and you make them about your space or your area. And that's all we do here is that we love our downtown. We absolutely love um, the Main Street Association and Ch uh, Chamber of Tahlequah. And so we really try to promote anything that they are doing. And it doesn't always mean that we're giving money, even though we are very, very um, 
big paying partners for these. Um, but if you don't have the budget, the chamber is okay with that because you can then still share their information, go to the event, go live, make a video about the event or promote it prior to. It's really best if you do all of that. So, so that is tip two is understanding that it's not about the cost of the videos that you're shooting. It's about the consistency and the content. So don't be afraid to promote anything that you love about your community and, and especially nonprofits, but it's totally fine. During COVID, we did a series on some of my favorite restaurants, some of my favorite, um, like the, the guy that I work out with, we had him on, we did favorite restaurants, we did a favorite jewelry store. You know, um, you get to choose what you wanna focus on and it's promoting your neighborhood, your area, and your small businesses. So that was tip two. Let's see if we can figure out tip three without listening to the little whole thing. Little, makes me crazy. Um, let's see, number three is Google My Business. Okay, so number three, Google My Business. Those of you, whether you're a realtor or not, if you have a business, you need to have a Google My Business page. You need to be able to have it where your clients can give reviews in real time so that other people can check those out. Anytime I shop on line or um, I'm thinking about getting, you know, switching hair salons or whatever it is, I go and I check out the reviews as do 87% of all people. So make sure that you have the reviews where they can find them. Yes, it's a good thing to have them on Zillow and Facebook and those too. But at the end of the day, most people will typically just Google you because it's the easiest route to go. So um, stating that you're not techie and you don't understand it is really not a great excuse if you're a realtor. Why? Because most of you, your brokers will be able to help you with it. And at the end of the day, you can literally Google the information on how to have a Google My Business page. Now, with the Tom Ferry organization, there is a full-time person who just is always available and has given us so much content and so many videos on that information so we can go into it. So if you are hiring a coach, you may want to ask them the depth of knowledge and what all you have access to so that you can skip some of those pain points. But Google My Business is so very, very important, so make sure that you're doing it. Um, again, it's one of those things that people go, well, how much does it cost? Guys, you can't afford not to have the Google My Business page. And at the end of the day, it doesn't actually cost anything to have it, So, but there's some ways that you can promote it that will run into some additional fees. Okay, let's see if we can get number four. Let's see, number three. I totally forgot where I'm at. Number four. I'm number gonna, four. I'm getting busy pretty quickly here. Number four, mega open houses. Easy. Okay, realtors. If I hear one more realtor say, open houses are a waste of time. Now, I, I'll be honest with you. Here in my market, I love to hear realtors say that. Absolutely love it. Why? Because me, myself, and the sales team that I collaborate with, we're the only ones doing them on a consistent basis. Guess who sells more real estate than anyone else? Myself and the sales team. So if you think that open houses are a waste of time, you're right. If you think that open houses are a great way to build your business, you are correct. 
So it goes both ways. It's a mindset. If you go to that open house with the attitude that it's a complete waste of time, it's going to be. If you go to that open house with an open mind that one, if no one shows, guess what? It's okay. I just had an hour and a half of being able to shoot fabulous content in a property. And that's everything from showcasing the home to shooting batch videos of yourself and things that you want to say in the future. As opposed to when people actually come to the open house, having an open mind and understanding that they're not going to be ready to buy that house necessarily. I think in 20 years, that's only happened three times on that day that they wanted to leave and go and write an offer. Now, I do sell, people also say that you never sell the house that is open. That's not necessarily true. It's just rare to do it on the actual day of the open house. Usually it's the first home they've seen, they need to have some comparables, and they need to go back at least one more time, and you can sell that home. But at the end of the day, you're making a connection, you're educating a buyer, and or a neighbor that's thinking about selling and you're making a good connection with them so they see what kind of signage you've done, what kind of setup, what kind of sign-in sheet, um, and then basically how you handle the flow. So open houses to me have absolutely built my business. Moving to an area where I knew one person, I did tons of open houses. Even when I didn't have any listings in the beginning, I did open houses for other realtors because no one in, my, in our market was doing open houses. So for 20 years, I've done on average three open houses a week. I'm sorry, not a week, a month. Um, and it's something that for the sales team, we actually do have minimum requirements and they see the value of it, whether they're just shooting videos or people actually come to the open houses and they're able to make those connections. So that is number four. And either way, if you think it's awesome, you're correct. If you think it's a big waste of time, it's correct. It's a mindset. Okay, now number five, let's see if we can figure that one out quickly. But now, homes that belong to licensed realtors. So don't be a jerk. Number five is being a true professional. And what we mean by that is just literally don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk to the title company. Um, I have friends who work in all of the title companies locally, and they've all told me horror stories about realtors who have called and yelled at them and cussed at them. Guys, there's no room for that. These are people in the service industry just like we are. And yes, they may make a mistake. They may not be doing things in a timely manner. Um, but at the end of the day, that's just not cool. Don't, don't cuss your title people. Don't yell at them and don't hang up on them. Um, same goes with termite um, inspectors, home inspectors, um, attorneys, just all the way across the board because at the end of the day a lot of my listings come from referrals and that is the probate attorney the title person the abstractor um, surveyor all of these individuals are in the field and know other people and sometimes they will be asked hey we're thinking about selling who should we use and a lot of title companies won't give out just one name but if you're in the mix with three to four at least you stand a better chance but at the um, at the hest of it is just don't be a jerk you know um, 
I think that real estate has received a bad rap because so many people do it as kind of a side gig um, and they don't treat it as a true career and use the professionalism that they should. So uh, tip number five is really uh, make sure that those referrals flow to you by being a true professional and not being a jerk. I actually have been very lucky to have listed and helped. Um, last year, it was actually five licensed realtors get properties sold uh, because of unique situations. Sometimes they're out of area and they didn't want to mess with their own. And sometimes they're local and it was a complicated situation and they wanted to take themselves out of the mix and let a realtor, professional realtor full time handle it rather than they try to handle it while doing their full-time job. Um, and then the last thing I want to say about this, I know that uh, I get a lot of DMs and a lot of text messages from realtors because I always double down with my potential sellers about not hiring part-time realtors. Now here's the thing, if you are a part-time realtor, I promise I'm not coming at you specifically. But what I am coming at is that our contracts have timelines and one of the most frustrating things for a career real estate, someone who, realtor who does this full time, is I send a text message um, at 8.30 or 9 a.m to the other agent and at one o'clock I have still not heard back. So I send a follow-up message and I get something along the lines of, hey, I'm at work, I'll deal with this when I get off. Guys, here's the thing that I want you to understand. I'm at work also, this is my career, and I've made some promises to our clients that we're gonna do things in a timely manner. And you, whether you're part-time or not, you've made those promises too. You may just not have realized it. So yes, I know I sound preachy um, and I hate to watch myself and hear myself, but this was, uh, this was my marketing director's idea. And so if you absolutely hate it, just hashtag hate it, Jill, and we'll let her know. <laughs> no, thank you, Jill, for the idea. Um, but I did have several people reaching out, asking additional questions. And as always, we love to help um, newer realtors or realtors who are looking to level up. And so keep those questions coming and I hope that you enjoyed today's unusual episode of How to Real Estate. As always, please like, follow, and share. Um, also, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, let me know. Or if there's someone specific that you would like to see as a guest on our episodes, please let us know and we'll reach out to them. Thanks for watching.